How did we get to midlife already? Welcome to the Midlife Club podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Donna. We're going to talk to you about relatable topics like life, love, parenting teenagers, and what we've learned the first side of 40 and what we still have to learn on the other half. Sometimes our podcast contains some strong language, so if that's not for you, that's okay. But if it is, then let's get started. Welcome to the Midlife Club podcast. Today we're talking with Debbie. Debbie is a co-owner of Split Ends Hair Design in Belleville, Ontario, and she's also currently the lead regional trainer and platform artist for Farouk Systems, Inc., which is a manufacturer of chi and biosilk products from Houston, Texas. Debbie's been a licensed hairstylist since 1988, and in the early 90s, she taught at a cosmetology school for two years and discovered how much she enjoyed sharing the passion for her trade. In 2003, after taking a course with Farouk, she was offered to field train as an educator where she climbed the ladder to regional trainer and is now the lead regional trainer for North America. During all of this, she remained working full-time behind the chair with a full clientele, She's traveled the world while working for Farouk, and she is here today to talk to us about hair, and I need help. (laughs) (laughs) That was a a big mouthful there, Donna. (laughs) I know. She's got a huge... A huge bio. It's awesome. Oh, so she knows her shit. Been doing it this long. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, welcome, Debbie. I have the the first question for you, and that is, how did you get into being a stylist? Oh, that's a great question. Everybody has a different kind of origin story. Um, For me, I had been accepted to Western University, and I decided to defer for a year because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was really good friends with my stylist at the time. So she suggested going to hairdressing school. So it was a great trade. So I thought it'd be a way I could earn money when I went to university. Mm -hmm. Um, But I fell in love with it. I got to explore my creative side. I love chemistry. So that was something. And I really learned how much I loved being able to work with people and make them feel good. And um, I'm a people pleaser. So I get a lot of joy out of making people feel good about how they look. That's awesome. And you get the scoop. You get the scoop of everybody. <laughs> yeah, a lot. And Debbie, it says in your bio that you've traveled around the world. Like, where have you been? I've been to conferences. So the company that I work for, um, we do conferences every two years. So mm-hmm. I've done conferences in Jor- Amman, Jordan. The owner oh, wow. of the company originated from um from Palestine. So he has a great uh, Middle Eastern connection. So we went over there and had a a week-long conference where we got to explore the country and meet other hairdressers from around the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do a lot of conferences in Cancun, Mexico as well. So with the teaching that I would do, I'd get to earn my points to be able to go to these trips and where we'd um, meet all sorts of different hairdressers and we take classes. And yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. In Canada alone with the education and shows that I've done, I've been as far east as uh, gander newfoundland and as far mm-hmm. west as the nanaimo bc so it's been wonderful um to that's see awesome. the country that's amazing yeah. that's amazing donna i think we need to i think we need to travel i think we need to travel too <laughs> i miss do, it I do really you need miss somebody it. to come and hold your bags because we can do that yeah <laughs> oh you're going to cancun sure i guess i'll go <laughs> we're gonna hold debbie's bag for her while she's yeah exactly. <laughs> absolutely exactly okay debbie so i've heard that you should wash your hair every day And then I've heard you should wash it twice a week. What is the answer? So that's a great question. Um, And with a lot of the answers that I come up with, I always say to people, talk to your stylist. 
Mm-hmm. First and foremost, that's a relationship that you develop with, we develop with our clients, right? So yeah. for my clientele, if they have really oily hair, they absolutely need to wash every day. They've got over um, overactive sebaceous glands, so they need to cleanse that hair so that they can remove that oil and have mm-hmm. um, a shinier, bouncier, nicer look to their hair. And mm-hmm. myself, I have like normal to dry hair, so I only wash my hair a couple times a week, and it's mostly to maintain the moisture in my scalp and my hair and to remove any um, deposits of products and dirt and stuff like that oh okay i only do I have mine, to wash like mine every day you wash yours every day Jeanette? i have to yeah, it's, yeah. I, maybe i can push it two days but at that point it's too oily and itchy i have to wash it yeah i've discovered I think everybody shampoo. has a little bit of a different outlook on it for myself that's usually my advice for my clients mm-hmm. that's good advice yeah mm-hmm. yeah Hmm. Okay, so what if someone likes to do box color because it's all they can afford? What would you recommend? What product? Oh, I've had that question come up from clients too. And and I get it. You know, it's a big commitment, especially with everything that's been going on. So I always try to help them as much as I can. I don't know all the products that are out there that are for commercial use, but I always mm-hmm. say to look for someone, um, a company that has an association to a professional manufacturer. Okay. Um, I think there was Rusk has like one that's a commercial one. Um, now with a lot of the different beauty supplies places that are there, they have lines that produce more of a commercial line for the consumer and uh, to talk to the people that are working in these stores because they'll be able to guide you as to what level you need and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um i get it and i try to help them to hold their hand but don't go cheap because that's never going to be a good outlook try to to get as much as you can afford in a commercial line okay yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because there's a lot yeah, of those, okay. like, Sally, is it the Sally Beauty Supply? And I think there's Sally's Beauty, there's Beauty Outlet Systems and stuff like that. So, you know, if you can go with ammonia free, that's even better because it's going to be safer on your hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ammonia yeah. free. Okay. All right. So, Debbie, how hard is it to do a color correct? you oh my gosh I laughed when I saw (laughs) (laughs) it's very hard yeah Yeah. I had to do it once it was terrible oh and it's it's ours it's a huge investment and um in our salon we do online booking so I mean I've had it happen where people book themselves in for a color and come in and you know it's five or six hours worth of work and we just can't you know do a color correction like that a color correction uh, depending on where you're starting from and where you want to go, um, it depends on what your underlying hair history is. And that's mm-hmm. something a lot of clients aren't always forthcoming about. Okay. I had a client that uh, she was trying to lighten her hair. She was just like a nice medium brown and she wanted blonde highlights. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it for her. So she went somewhere else and she called me and she's like, you know, they didn't do it right. She was totally bashing mm-hmm. the other salon. <laughs> and when she came in to see me, I was looking through her hair and um, in her hair history, because you can read it, I said, it's almost like reading the rings on a tree. <laughs> I got six months out and I saw this green cast to her hair. And oh. I said, you know, um, did you have blue on your hair at some point? Yeah. And she said, oh, well, last Christmas, like eight months ago, but I covered over top of it and it was fine. And it's like, what had yeah. happened was that last stylist, when she lightened the hair, uh-huh. Um, it showed up the blue that was in the hair, oh. blue and yellow make green. And so it left a green cast in the hair. Oh, so it had nothing no. to do with the stylist work. It's that hair history. And a lot of clients don't recognize that, you know, um, even though you may have colored your hair, it doesn't mean your hair is natural. Yeah, it doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's brutal. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just thinking about for sure. Like, <laughs> what was my hair history? What have I, where have I been? What have I done? If you were blonde like myself, yeah. uh, well, you saw from my pictures, like I was a dark purple for 
probably two or three years. It took me a full year to get myself back to blonde hair because I wanted to do it in a way that my hair maintained its integrity and stayed nice and healthy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I could just see the wheels turning on you there, Jeanette. (laughs) I know because I just went like much lighter, but my hairdresser said the same thing. She's fabulous. She said that we want to maintain. You want to maintain the certain color and whatnot. And the integrity of the hair and the condition. Yeah. 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 It makes a big difference. Oh yeah. I think, um, as I think Jeanette had uh, more of a red in her hair at one point and then she wanted to try to go back up to a blonde too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's why I always say to have a great conversation with your stylist. They're the ones that know your hair best. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what I love today. Like I'm giving kind of my viewpoint from my clients, from my chair, but, um, I always say it's so important to have that good, um, consultation with your stylist. Excellent. damaged and bleached hair because I know that with me going lighter I definitely have some sections of my hair that are are definitely damaged oh absolutely so whenever you're um you damage hair you're losing two things you're losing moisture and you're losing protein which is the strength for your hair so you want to make sure that you have a product that has a balance of both protein and moisture if it's a solid protein product um, if you're over proteinized the hair it actually can make it more brittle and if it's um, so much moisture then it's harder for it to dry and it can be um, uh, just a little bit harder to to manage so you need to have like that balance of protein and moisture. So for the products that I use, because I'm an educator with Farouk Systems for 20 years now, I've used only Chi and BioSilk products Mm -hmm. and they have a component to their products, um, Pure Natural Silk. And that silk has the same amino acids as hair. It has, um, it holds up to two and a half times its own moisture, its own uh, weight and moisture. So it makes the hair really, it's a great balance of of protein plus the moisture for the hair. So anything that has like by Chi or BioSilk that has the silk therapy in it, um, they have shampoos, conditioners, leave-in treatments, all of that. So those are the products that I refer my clients to okay. or that I retail to them because I know it's not going to wear the hair down. They don't have parabens like waxes or sulfates. Mm-hmm. And they work from the inside out to strengthen that hair. Okay. Is, that, is that somewhere you could have to buy that at, like a salon? or could you, you can buy that at, at salons. Um at some of the uh, beauty outlet stores as well. And you can buy online. You can order directly from chi.com. Um, mm-hmm. I think Sally's online has it as well, has some of them. Doesn't carry all of the products. We try to are a professional uh, company, but I know that um, some of the manufacturers that we have or some of the distributors we have that carry it, um, Sally's uh, carries some of them. Awesome. So Debbie, is it worth it to do a deep condition once a week with your hair? And that's, again, that's a great, um, depends on what your hair is like. So if you are somebody that lacks uh, a lot of moisture in the hair, or if you have naturally curly hair that really needs a lot of moisture, then a once a week conditioning treatment is going to be a great idea to do for it. I always say to think of your hair as an extension of your skin. So if your skin is really dry and itchy and flaky, especially right now in the winter time, then your hair is going to be probably um, dehydrated as well. So a once a week treatment um, is definitely going to be good for it. Perfect. Okay. So um, if someone is losing a lot of hair, which I feel like I am, (laughs) are they thinning (laughs) or are they balding? Okay. Um, So we do lose 75 to 150 hairs a day naturally. Mm -hmm. I had uh, a nurse tell me one time that for women, especially when we're stressed, 
we lose hair. So hair has a cycle, you know, it grows out to a certain length and it falls out and it, and it repeats, right? It's the cycle. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you find that your hair is shedding quite a bit, um, it's not as dense as it used to be, then that is thinning. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll go through that thinning process and then it'll grow back, but your hair never grows back as fast as it falls out. If that thinning turns into actual spots on the head that are shiny and it's only scalp and no hair growing, then that's bald. Oh, okay. One doesn't necessarily lead to the other. Okay. You know, baldness can be a genetic issue. It could be an allergic reaction. Um, I find, I know during the first quarantine, yeah. I was definitely thinning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stress. That was from stress. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Can I wrap it up for a second? I actually just thought of a question. Debbie, do you know of the, the Olaplex product? I know of it, yes. And what are your thoughts on the Olaplex? Um, it's def it's not something that I use regularly. I know stylists that do love it. It is a great way of keeping the integrity of the hair because it builds a bridge between the bonds that are broken in the hair. Um, it is a product that I believe needs to be used regularly. Like anything, it's a regimen. So you have to keep using it. It's not a one shot deal. You know, anything that we talk about, okay. um, yeah, one moisturizing treatment isn't going to make your hair great for the next year. It's something that has to be a consistent routine, just like your beauty regimen. You know, you got to have your hair beauty regimen. Okay. Makes yeah. Sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've been using it and I, and I really liked it for my ends, but I've got really fine hair. Now I've been yeah. with a lot of hair, but I've got fine hair, but um, just from like bleaching it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I was like, I put it on um, at night and I go to bed with it on. And then I get up the next day and, and wash it out. Right. So for myself, like I said, I, um, it's a product that I've heard of and client or stylists that use it, they really swear by it. For me, I like to stick with something that has more of a natural base to it. So in the chi and the bio silk, that silk is an, a pure natural silk derived from the cocoon of a silkworm. Oh. So that actual cocoon is hydrolyzed into liquid or powder form and put into our products. So it's not something that sits on top of the hair. It goes in, it becomes part of the hair fabric. And that's, that's why that's the product that I choose to use. Yeah. But I've heard of lots of uh, stylists and, and um, people that have used the Olaplex and, and love it too. So as long as it's working for you, I say go for it. And again, it's that conversation that you have with your stylist, right? Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Um, so how often should someone get their hair cut, de like depending on the length? Like I've had a friend that never got her hair cut for three years. And how did her hair look? Uh, straight, like she had long hair, right? Yeah, it was healthy. Like it was good. Healthy, but yeah, typically hair grows from a quarter to half an inch a month. So if you're trying to grow out and get some length, then I would say every three or four months you're going to want to trim a little bit. So let's say in four months, if you're an optimal grower and you grow half an inch a month, then out of four months you're going to have um, two inches, and maybe you're going to trim a quarter to half an inch off. So you're gaining length that way. Mm -hmm. If you wear a short um, precise haircut, then you're probably going to want to get it cut every four to six weeks to be able to maintain that style. So it, a lot of people feel like, oh, if I cut it off, then it's not going to grow. But um, as the hair grows, it does start to, to get those split ends in it. Mm -hmm. And over time, those split ends will just start moving further up the hair shaft. So at a time, you're actually not gaining any growth. You're just losing the integrity of the hair along the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to clean it up so that you have a nice um, even finish and a nice healthy hair follicle or hair end and mm -hmm. then uh, continue growing. Okay. That makes total sense. <laughs> <laughs>
It's a science. <laughs> right, it is. Yeah. I guess it's just learning like, so much. Today. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. I guess it's like having like a like a piece of thread or whatever, right? And it kind of unraveling and and stuff. that's a great yeah. analogy. Yes, yeah. It's my that's my scientific. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Should a person wash their hair before their day of color? And is it okay if they wash it after the day? Does it matter? Does it need days to set in? For my clients, I tell them that it doesn't matter. Um, So this, again, is a conversation to have with your stylist. Mm -hmm. And, And again, I go back to this is why it's so important to find your stylist, somebody that you get along great with, because this is a conversation and a team effort. Um, back in the day, because chemical services were so much harsher, we would always recommend that they had um, their scalp was a day or two dirty because that oil would form almost like a protective barrier on the scalp. Um, nowadays, products are so much healthier. They're buffered. They have um, silk. They have more moisturizing components to it. They're ammonia free. So um, now it's not as uh, not as big a deal to not wash your hair you know, to have to wash your hair a day before or the day of. Now that changes if you're somebody that has an allergic reaction. If you're somebody that has sensitive skin, then you may still want to wait, not um, wash your hair that same day. The other thing is that washing the hair the day of a chemical service, you could possibly scratch your scalp. So if there's an abrasion or something, as soon as that hydrogen peroxide hits that, which all colors are mixed with, then you could have some irritation. Okay. Hmm. I always heard like, oh, like it's like getting your hair done, you know, for a wedding or something. I always said, never, never come in with clean hair, always have dirty hair. But so that's different. Like for color, you know, we say it doesn't matter if it's clean or dirty. I mean, within reason, if you haven't washed your hair in two weeks, it's I'm going to want it to be clean. (laughs) But if it's for an upstyle, like if we're styling the hair, um, if the hair is freshly washed, it just doesn't take as bouncy. It's nice to have that one day of dirt in there to kind of make those curls take a little bit better. I know myself, like today's curling is day number four. So, and every day it just holds a little bit better. And if you have really oily hair, then um, obviously you're going to want to wash that within 12 hours or so before the updo, because if it's too oily, it's not going to hold the curl either. Just for our listeners. Yeah. I can't get a couple of days out of my curls. I have to curl it when it's freshly washed. If it's too oily, it just falls out. Yeah. 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 Like Debbie looks fabulous for our listeners with her day four curls. I did my hair for a, yeah, on audio podcast. Because <laughs> I was going to my office. <laughs> Harder than my pandemic bun. Yep. <laughs> so Debbie, what do you think about hair extensions and what are the best ones? Now I've had them. I love them. But I got them because, um, well, first of all, I've got really fine, flat hair. And I've always wanted that long, flowy hair. And I got it. And I loved them. I took them out because just with everything going on right now, to have to get them in and out all the time. But um, it really made my hair feel a lot fuller. Yeah. Is that something you guys normally do? Like, do you recommend it? What do you think? I'm the only one in my salon that does do it. It's a big commitment. Um, And I it's a time commitment. It's a, it's a money commitment for the clients as well. I do find that for clients, you know, that have that fine hair and they want to have more density, more thickness. Um, then I, I do suggest, you know, I do, I only do tape-ins. Okay. I do have a few other stylist friends that do, uh, weaves or they do the, um, 
uh, the hook and weave or they do this, the bonding. Um, and all I have no problem referring clients to anybody I know that does those. Right. So they definitely have their purpose. Um, some people, if they're growing their hair out from a medium length to a longer length, it's great to put those extensions in to yeah. allow that time for the hair to kind of catch up. Yeah. 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 So definitely they have their place. Yeah. I loved it. And I only, like, I could only wash my hair like twice a week when I had them in is what they recommended. Cause it wears out the bond. Yeah. So, um, I think it was every, like every three four months I had them moved up because I had like the little bead ones I right nano link I think they're called right so how long if somebody put a tape in one in how long would that last then so a tape in one um about every four to six weeks they say to have it taped out so they're reusable yeah. which is nice so as the hair grows down once it gets to about an inch of regrowth they start to they can move around a lot more kind of like the bonded ones mm -hmm. so then we just remove them put it fresh tape on and move them back up the hair shaft and start again so um it all depends and they're a little more affordable um they're a little less time to put them in so for myself like i was saying with having a full clientele um i needed to find that service that would work within my time frame too. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for you. Let me back up. Should my hair be completely dry before using a hot tool? And Absolutely. Those sprays or protective heat sprays. Do you use those protective heat sprays? Yes, I do. So um, first of all, hair completely dry. If your hair is not totally dry before you go in with a flat iron or a curling iron, no. you are going to steam burn yourself because as soon as that hot tool hits that wet hair, it's going to form a steam and a sizzle like a steak on a barbecue. <laughs> You're going to feel the, <laughs> the heat, especially if people are using 400 plus degrees on their hair. Yeah. And over time, that's going to, um, it's going to burn the hair. It's going to fry it. It's going to break off the heat protectants are definitely something to use um anytime like i spray it in before i start to blow dry because to me that's my first hot tool that i'm using on my hair yeah. as we age because we were talking a little bit about how um our midlife and our hair changes so like everything else we dehydrate so that's the thing that's happening with our um with our bodies changing where the estrogen levels are dropping the moisture content in our body is dropping which means the moisture in our hair is dropping so you want to make sure that you're using these heat protectants to help protect your hair from the heat of the tools it doesn't mean that we can't have that curly hair and nice bouncy curls we just need to be um, aware of what that's going to do to the hair so anytime you put a hot tool on the hair it's dehydrating it so you want to make sure that you're using that heat protector to create a barrier and if you ever wonder how effective a heat protectant is spray the heat protectant on your hand yeah. and then use your blow dryer and blow dry that spot and you'll actually feel like the air kind of distribute away from where that heat protectant is and then do it on your skin on the other hand that has no heat protectant and you'll feel the difference between the two yeah. and i think just that um what it does in your mind to make you remember to put a heat protectant in Okay, I'm going to do that. Jeanette, that's our, that's our yeah, goal. That's to our see. next science experiment. <laughs> yeah. do, it, do it to your daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them to hold their hands out. <laughs> Here, let me do this to you. Let me try this, yeah. So I've heard that you should rinse your hair with cold water after you, you shampoo and condition because it like closes the shaft or something. Is that true? It is true. Um, I don't like cold showers personally, but I mean, it's something that 
Um, when I do a client that has a fashion color, you know, like the vibrant blues and reds and pinks, um, because you have to lighten the hair so much to get those fashion colors to turn out, like to deposit, um, rinsing with cool water will help to keep the hair cuticle closed so that that color doesn't wash out. Um, and the same goes if you have naturally curly hair, if you have coarse hair, again, hair texture changes as we age and that cool water will just help to, um, close that cuticle down a little bit. If people find that their colors fade quite quickly, maybe it's because, you know, there could be too hot. The water is keeping that cuticle raised and rough, and that's where the, the color is going to wash out of. Huh. I didn't know that. I always look at a cuticle, and I guess when I'm doing this, I'm assuming that everybody understands what hair the hair looks like. But if you think of the cuticle being like the bark on a tree, yeah. and if that bark is raised slightly, the color goes underneath it. And if the bark doesn't go back down again, then the color can wash right out. So cool water will help to keep that bark down. Um, heat protectants will help to fill the voids in that cuticle layer. Um, and all those kinds of things will help to maintain your color and the integrity of the hair. I've been doing a life all wrong. I take super hot showers. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, I guess I got to blash myself well, with cold water now. <laughs> Just a little tepid water. <laughs> well, you can never believe everything you read on the internet. So that's why I wanted to ask. <laughs> Well, and some people will, and and again, it becomes, this is my, this is the advice that I would give any of my clients. Some stylists may come at it from a totally different direction and a different mindset. It's not that it's right or wrong. It's what we have found in our experience that works best for our clients. So I have a client that only lets me rinse her hair in cold water. And I'm like, in the middle of winter, I'm like, I don't know how you can do this. And she said, it makes a difference for her. Her hair is very fine. And she said she finds that her scalp feels better, her color stays longer, and she's having hot flashes. So it helps to keep her internal uh, temperature more regulated. It's so cool. Yeah. Speaking of hot flashes, how much does menopause affect the texture of your hair? Oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. So as we, as I said earlier with menopause, as our estrogen levels drop, um, so does that affects the moisture in our body, the moisture in our hair as well. Um, So what can start happening? And I actually did a little bit more research into this one because as I'm heading there very fast, I feel like I'm on the running down here real quick towards this train, Debbie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the train's coming. Um, So when you start getting into menopause with the estrogen levels dropping, it affects uh, the thinning of your hair, the moisture content of your hair. It can change the texture of your hair. So hair that may have been um, nice and moist and shiny, it can get dull and dry feeling um, and more frizzy looking. Mm -hmm. So again, that's when we go back to trying to find those products that we're going to add some moisture into the hair. Mm -hmm. Some people will actually find that their hair, um, texture like their curl pattern changes i've seen ladies that have had straight hair their whole life that goes wavy into as they enter menopause and i don't know how that's possible (laughs) i'm not a doctor or scientist that way but i have seen it happen Um, i've always wanted curly hair my whole life so that if i can get that out of menopause then that'll be a plus (laughs) for me (laughs) there's there's so many other things that can change at that time too so we get i get a lot of questions from clients like well this is happening do you think I need to see a doctor? Do you think I should take this? Then you become like a hair doctor. And I always say like, if it's something more than what's general, then definitely go see your, your doctor. Yeah. Um, but I always suggest clients to start a vitamin regimen as well. Like A, B, C, and D is definitely going to help with your skin and your hair yeah. and just overall how you feel. Yeah. Okay. So just going back to that heat protectant one, you said you put the heat protectant on 
before you blow dry. So is that, right. what, is that what we're doing? So because I know you can get the sprays before you use your flat iron, which means yep. to me seems almost counterintuitive because I feel like you're putting something wet in your hair. I, like, like, okay, that's great. So I had the same thing. I always put it in when it was wet because I felt my blow dryer was my first hot tool. And the same thing, partly because I felt like that wet or spray on my hair before I used the curling iron was going to be the same as if my hair was wet when I curled my hair, but it's not. So um, I went to do a class at a salon and I don't know how I managed to do this, but I didn't bring any hairspray with me. And I always like to use like a light hairspray before I use a, a tool to make sure my curls are a little bit tighter. Yeah. Um, and I had my heat spray with me though. So I sprayed each section with my heat spray, mm-hmm. did my curl and, you know, just give it a couple seconds for it to lightly dry on the hair. You're not soaking it. It's just like a general mist with your heat protectant. It gave me the shiniest, bounciest curl. So my mannequins that I have are, you know, they're, they are real hair. Um, they're kind of a, um, they're more of a textured coarse hair. So I had this beautiful shiny hair and it was, I mean, I've been doing hair for a long time and I've used heat protectants on different levels, but I was really, it really made me stop and look at it and go, oh yeah, like it's. Yeah. It's a different type of, it's sitting on the surface, the hair's dry. It's, it's basically sitting on that cuticle layer. So you can use it when you blow dry, but you can also use it on dry hair as well. Okay. You just want to make sure it doesn't need to be soaking wet mm-hmm. um, and keep the bottle. Like, I mean, when we say spray it, nobody ever reads the directions on the back of these bottles yeah. <laughs> anyway, to be honest. And it always says to keep it at least six inches away. Yeah. So yeah, just a light mist will definitely make a difference. Okay. I had a client that was using, um, I had was bleaching and doing fashion color on one section of her hair and she was coming in and I said to her, you know, we might have to take a break from uh, lightening this one section because your hair, it was breaking off. Like it was nice and thick at the root area, but it was really thin and scraggly on the ends. And, mm-hmm. and she says, well, I, are you, are you supposed to have the hair totally dry before you use the flat iron? She was using a 400 degree flat iron on wet hair and basically just burning that hair off. And I felt horrible because I felt like I hadn't explained to her properly how that works. And so, um, I said, yeah, you know, that's, it's, <laughs> you cook chicken at 400 degrees. So you don't really want to put, um, a hot tool like that on wet hair. Okay. So yeah, it was a learning experience for both of us. So never be afraid to ask questions of your stylist because we just assume everybody knows what we know. <laughs> <laughs> so Deb, is it worth it to spend money on expensive products? Like what do you recommend? What do you recommend that's high end that's, you know, affordable, but what are those, you know, must haves? Oh, must have. So again, for myself coming from uh, the company, the manufacturer that I um, represent, mm-hmm. I stick with my Farouk Chi and BioSilk products. Mm-hmm. As far as a price point for them, I would say they are mid-range, mm-hmm. anywhere from 16 to $35 a product, um, which to me is really good. I The higher end products, I will honestly say I'm not familiar with all of them and I don't feel right to give a recommendation. I would read reviews on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also, again, talk to your stylist. If she or he is um, sharing a product with you that they think is going to be beneficial for your hair, mm-hmm. then go along, you know, go along with their recommendation because it's, it's what I call a prescription. When a client is asking me, what, what do I need to use on my hair? Or I can only afford, you know, one product. What product would you give me for, for me? It's always one of our uh, silk therapy products. So in our line, when I talked about silk again, it's a 
uh, pure natural silk that goes into the hair and works from the inside out. So we have chi silk infusion, we have silk therapy in the bio silk line, we have um, organic co uh, coconut oil silk therapy. Those products are a leave-in that can be used on wet or dry hair. They can be used on the skin. They can be used on the face. Um, it's this one product that I know is going to go in and help to um, increase your moisture, increase your, your protein, your shine. It's not going to weigh the hair down. That is my go-to product would be like the cheese silk infusion or the bio silk silk therapy. Okay. Maybe on the, our Instagram, I'll post a, a picture of those products. So, so people can. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Um, it's just over the years, like I said, I've been licensed. I'm going to be 30. I said 1988 because it was hard for me to do the math. So it's going to be 33 years this year that I've been doing hair. And I've uh, used these Chi products, um, the Farouk system products for 21 years. So more than half of my career, I've used these products. Yeah. And when I first started the salon and my, I went from like an ammonia based color, that's the one thing with these, with this line is that it's ammonia free. Yeah. When I switched from that, uh, to that color company, my clients after the first couple months of using exclusively these products, mm -hmm. their hair felt like real hair. It didn't feel like colored hair. It had natural movement to it. It had nice shine to it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've always stuck with this manufacturer with the Chi and the BioSilk products for that reason. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of, fads that come and they go and they're not that they're good or they're bad they're just um there's always something new coming along yeah and i've always stuck i i do look at them i see what their benefits are i'll sometimes i'll try them to see but i have always come back and still my staple is the chi and the biosilk products yeah so debbie since covid a lot of people can't get their hair done so what is the one thing you recommend people do to maintain their hair and what's the one thing you recommend they don't at home like something you should just leave to the professionals. Leave to the professionals. <laughs> I, I get that nobody likes seeing that great. I had a lot of clients that let their color grow out for one, um, which it's sad to lose a color client. But again, like I said, I, I'm a, it's like a team for me, right? So I'm going to support them in whatever their decision is. If they're trying and I, and they all, I, when we closed down for the first quarantine, I did an email blast to all my clients. I'm like, if you have any questions, concerns, please reach out to me so I can give you information. Yeah. So at least that way I'm offering them the support that they needed. Yeah. Uh, if they needed to know, like if they were going to try to color their hair at home, if I could supply them with color or if I could give them an idea as to what level they should be looking at, you know, go with a light brown, not a dark black, or yeah. definitely don't try to lighten your hair at home. That one is too tough for sure. Cut it. Um, I don't do any of that. <laughs> no. And even like, I mean, I had one lady uh, FaceTime me and I walked her daughter through how to trim her mother's bangs, you know, so oh haircuts, haircuts will always grow out, you know, like the hair will grow yeah. back. But if you do a color um, that doesn't go right during quarantine to try to get in and have a color correction done that long an appointment is going to be a really hard one to find. So try not to play around with the color too much. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like the other big don't is don't give yourself bangs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're into the wine a little bit and decide that bangs would be good. <laughs> Again, always reach out to your clients. I always say, I'll tell them, put the scissors down and step away. Step away. And come back another day. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> how do you talk about the hair trends? 
Uh, I'm really lucky with uh, with my working with uh, Farouk Systems. Twice a year, I, I would go to Houston, and we would have our recertification and updates where our global artistic team would come up with a new collection of, of haircuts and hair color placements. So twice a year, I would be updated on and they create these themselves from whatever the, the world trends are that are going on. And then as well, you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, checking out to see what the trends are. Um, I follow other stylists, I follow, follow other manufacturers and kind of see what's going on out there. Yeah. Once you've been in hair for a while, you do see a lot of trends kind of come back around again, which is, which is fun. You know, like a, it's interesting to see them come back that I was there when they were originally there. <laughs> like the so Rachel, like, it's the Rachel. I got this, but now the hair is in so much better shape because the products back then were really harsh on the hairs. So, yeah. Is the Rachel making a, making a back, you know, from- I haven't seen that one come back yet, but definitely longer hairs come back. The mullet is making a comeback. I don't know. They're trying to update it. Oh, so. no. Yeah, rat tail. <laughs> the rat tail. not the rat tail. No, that would be one I hope not. <laughs> oh so, Debbie, what is the worst thing someone can say to their stylist? Oh, that was I really struggled with this question. Yeah, and the the worst thing I find I had two things come up. One was because I've had this said to me. I started this haircut for you, so if you could just continue on. <laughs> that's a whole other show um and then do whatever you want i trust you and i've just met the person oh yeah no no here's the thing i say that all the time yeah and you know what i my response this is okay i want to do a purple a purple faux hawk and they're like well i don't want that i said okay so then you don't want me to do whatever i want you have so i always ask if you don't know what you do what want what don't you want yeah, yeah, that will give me as much information as what you do want. Yeah, I always find like because I always like listen in, you know, when you're waiting, for, you know, for your turn or whatever, and you know somebody comes in with like black hair and they're like, I want to be platinum blonde. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that, and it's hard to we have to take a beat on that one because I get it. Like if if you've had that commitment of black for so long and then you want to go to this platinum blonde and most stylists just love that challenge yeah. but that is a multi that's a huge commitment it's a financial commitment it's a time commitment and it's not going to be done usually in one day oh yeah no, no. no i had a girl one time that she was in high school and she came in in january she'd been box dyeing her hair black for two years and she wanted to be blonde for prom that may she just kind of had she was done with the dark hair she had long hair and she wanted to keep her long hair yeah. and i said to her i can get you there by may but I need this commitment that I see you every six weeks until then. Yeah. And we started off with actually cap highlights to pull a lot of that hair through and remove the color. So we kept doing highlight after highlight every six weeks. And we got her up to this beautiful multidimensional blonde. Like she didn't want to be platinum blonde. She just wanted to have like these nice blonde highlights. And we got her there and her hair was still long and it was in great shape. And it was it meant so much to have that commitment from her so I could give her what I wanted and still have that integrity of her hair. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, makes you feel okay, good. So this is what I need. What is the best hairstyle to make a person look younger? What are the do's and don'ts there? And I don't, so 
there was always a, this mindset that as you get older, you need to have your hair shorter because it can drag you down. It's not as youthful looking. Mm-hmm. I've seen two things happen over this pandemic because I've watched clients of mine that are over 65, let's say. So into actually into the time of life where people start to go a little bit shorter with their hair in my in my experience. Yeah. And of course, with the with the quarantine, their hair got longer and longer and longer. And when they came in, it gave them a more youthful appearance. And I don't know if it was because they loved it so much mm-hmm. that they embraced it. I shaped it for them and they looked amazing. And I've watched other ladies that have had longer hair. I have one client that's going to be 80 and we just cut her hair into this short, cute kind of spiky look and it's made her look younger. Aww. So it, to me, a youthful look is whatever makes you feel like you. Yeah. So not going by what the trends are that, oh, I'm this age, I should be this length. No, if it makes you feel good, if, you know, spiky hair shaved in the back, bright purple makes you feel young, then go for it. Because it's all about how it makes you feel and it it, it helps your self-confidence, it helps your personality. So I don't believe that there is one certain hair type that this age you should be this length, that this age you should be another length. It is how that hair makes you feel. And if your hair isn't making you feel beautiful and com- confident and, you know, making you show your sparkly bits, then it's time to change it up and do something that's going to make you feel that way. Yeah, that's actually, that's a great way to interpret it. It's so true. Yeah. And I know yeah. like a good haircut will do. You, you know, you watch the makeovers on TV where someone goes from, one length to another and the dramatic like hair really does make it makes a huge difference but on the same token yeah. um if donna if you were to come in and say to me you know give me the latest trend and i do that for you and it looks amazing but you can't recreate it at home then i haven't done anything for you it really has to be something that you can maintain yourself as well yeah so yes i'm the stylist and i like to be creative but if i only give you a one-shot wonder that you can't recreate then i haven't really done anything for you i want something that you can work with yourself too right so makeovers are great as long, but again it comes with that whole list of questions you know if you're somebody who gets up in the morning and doesn't want to do anything with your hair um well then i'm not going to give you something that requires blow drying and curling and multiple steps because you're not you're not going to want to do it so Definitely you have to, it's a, a collaborative effort with your stylist to find that look that makes you feel you know, your best you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Cause I always, yeah, it's true. Like you walk out of the salon and you feel like fantastic. And then I get home and after, you know, I dread doing that wash. Cause I know I've got to do it again. <laughs> <and> I just can't. <laughs> okay. The ticket from a hairdresser is like, our clients are our billboards. So if I'm out and about, you know, two weeks after you've come to see me and I'm looking at your hair and I'm thinking, I'm not doing my job. If if you're not able to look mm-hmm. that good every day after you, I see you, then I need to I need to change it up and have a conversation because I don't want so- I had somebody come in one time right from work and yeah. I said to her, I know her very well, and I kind of had one of those moments where I said it out loud. I said, "Is that what your hair looks like every day?" Like I was just shocked that yeah. she wasn't able to maintain I had no idea that she was having a hard time maintaining it yeah. and she's like that was really harsh I'm like no I said I'm I'm sorry because we need to work more to give you something that you can maintain a little bit better and it just ended up being a little bit more education and we laughed about it and she's become a great friend um yeah, but yeah like it's amazing when people leave you want to see them a couple of weeks later to make sure they're able to maintain what you've given them yeah absolutely I think it, and especially you know when getting your hair done as you know is not cheap I don't want to say but you know it makes you feel good so why 
yeah, why do something that's not going to make you feel good? And for like you say, for you, you want to be able to make sure that, you know, you're getting what you want and that you're able to do it. And exactly. It's definitely become more of a, um, an, ex- an investment yeah. when it comes to doing the hair. So because people are willing, and I'm sure everybody has seen like through the pandemic, everything's gone up in price and that hasn't changed with the beauty industry. So I really want to make sure that when I see that person that I'm giving them their money's worth, their time, um, that they're being heard and that they feel good when they leave. Yeah. 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 Exactly well, thanks for well, joining we, us today, Debbie. That. What was that, Jeanette? We appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so we've recorded over Zoom today, the three of us, because we're all still in lockdown. But um, we're really, really happy that you could join us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Oh, no problem. And uh, we're going to post about the bio so stuff much. and everything. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much, ladies. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on season two of the Midlife Club podcast. Want to check us out on social media? Head on over to Facebook at the Midlife Club podcast, on Instagram at the Midlife Club podcast, or Twitter at mid underscore podcast. Thanks so much and talk to you next week.